0: Conrad, where in the world have you been recently? I have been 100 miles south of the Alaskan border in the middle of nowhere skiing with a group of friends. And it also required me to not have my phone, my laptop, Wi-Fi. I did not know what was going on in the world, and it was absolutely delightful. Amazing.
1: Well, you got to do that uh, every so often. And so that probably a good um, people
0: detox after a tech show. Or actually, you were up there with a big group of people, weren't you? Yeah, well, it was a small group of uh, business school friends. But you know what? One of the problems with hanging out with business school friends is you end up talking about business, right? And so (laughs) I tried to avoid that to many extent. But I think a couple things came for me. One is when I came back, and this happened once when I came back from Australia, I was assuming I was going to be really busy. And I sat down and I wasn't quite sure what my job was anymore, right? Because things had just kept moving smoothly, which was a really good feeling. And the other thing is, being away, really far away, you you it helps you zoom out and have a bigger picture perspective on things, which means you end up coming back with a bunch of really big ideas. I think the key is to write the big ideas down, let them percolate, but don't come back throwing ideas around because that just is super disruptive. But uh, it was good; it was really good. Great tips for lawyer entrepreneurs:
1: get away from the office, you know, Unplug. stress test your people and processes. Unplug, relax, step back reflect you know write your big ideas down and I think from a marketing relationship standpoint you know even though it's you're probably doing it socially you know keeping those relationships active like after all businesses relationships your your net worth is your network or something like that something like that
0: and if there are any you know really avid advanced skiers who would like to join me next year find me right there you go so it's the a great invitation. Trip. Cat skiing in BC for four days. It's as good as it is. Cat skiing
1: in BC. Send Conrad video of your skiing to see if you're up to (laughs) snuff.
0: So what are we talking about today? All right. So beyond skiing, we've got live from Tech Show questions coming at us live from Tech Show. We're also going to be talking about Ukraine and how trite support actually comes across from a marketing perspective. And finally, and I've been looking forward to having this fight for a long time. Should you hire an SEO agency, an agency that only focuses on SEO? Is SEO dead? We're gonna have a debate between whether or not we should be hiring as lawyers a firm that specializes in SEO. And I will give a sneak peek on that. My answer, surprisingly, is no. That's crazy. But first, hold on. There's something in my ear. Breaking news. Gee. This just in,
1: well, at least at the time of recording, when you get this it might be old news, but mark your calendars everybody, July 1st, 2023 for most of you, Google Analytics properties that are the Universal Analytics properties that is, will stop processing new hits. What does that mean? Your Google Analytics will stop working on July 1st, 2023. Unless you migrate over to GA4. So I'm telling you right now, uh, we're recording this on March 16th, 2022. And I know for a fact, on July 2nd, 2023, there are people that are listening to this that are not going to have GA4 updated and their web analytics for their website is just going to stop. I bet you a coffee. We'll get Bet at least nothing. one person. No one will right. admit it, though, unless we get an email. Oh, hey, I listened to your lunch hour legal marketing, and I need help migrating to GA4. So if you need help migrating GA4, contact Conrad. <laughs> uh, All right. What else is going on? Other breaking news. LawPay launches a new integration with Noda. And you know, we talk a lot about... bear uh, should back up. LawPay, payment processing for lawyers, Noda, banking specifically built for lawyers, Ah, uh, new integration. You know we talk a lot about efficiencies and automations. I think we're going to see more innovation in this area of payments and processes and the financial business of law coming down the pipe. So if you're spending a lot of time trying to collect payments, you're spending a lot of time reconciling your bank account, check out this law pay note integration might be a solution for you. But, you know, Again, the news of legal tech, I think this is some interesting stuff that's starting to develop. All right, that's
2: it. Short news day. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network.
0: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Today we've got something a little bit different. Guy and I are fresh back from Tech Show in Chicago. It was fantastic. And we got to talk to some law students and some lawyers for some marketing tips and questions. So with that, we're going to start with law student number one. As a law student, what is your number one question about technology in the practice of law?
3: Um, there's so many technology options out there. So... My concern is where do I start? What are the you know maybe first, second, third set of technologies that I need to be starting to look into to implement my process for intake and doing the job really? Um, there's just so many options. So it's like where do I begin with what?
0: So gee, where do you start? You're a law student. You're getting out. What is the foundational piece for doing the job for uh, for practicing law? Yeah probably a word processor. No, but
1: I think seriously though, uh, and you know, again, tech show, part of the ecosystem of tech show is legal technology consultants. And one of the things that the best consultants always talk about is what are you trying to achieve? You know, so many people you go, whether you go to tech show or you start searching online for technology, for practicing law, it's overwhelming. There's a lot just like technology in other contexts. And, um, I think you've got to... know the same thing we talk about from a marketing standpoint. What are your objectives? What are you trying to do? You know, it made the uh, kind of sarcastic comment about word processing, but yeah, guess what? A lot of what you do is the written word. So how are you going to do that? But that kind of thinking where it's like, hey, I need to do X, what technology options are available is better than being like, hey, I'm going to go survey all of this different technology. And you'll find that... A lot of the technology, it does a lot of the same things, just in slightly different ways. And so understanding what works best for you, understanding your workflows, understanding things like, are you working on a team? Are you working by yourself? Um, I think integrations are a, a big question to be asking about, but it's got to be objective focused. That's the thing. What do you think is the first legal technology you should get?
0: I'm going to slightly hijack this to put a marketing spin on it and an easy marketing yeah, I hope marketing you say CRM because sp- it's totally wrong. I was going to say CRM, which is totally wrong, (laughs) by the way, because no, I'm going to say LinkedIn. Okay. I'm thinking about the law student coming out of school. You know, if you're an established lawyer, your body of work can speak for itself. If you're coming out of law school, your body of work is on LinkedIn, period. Love it. Right. And I, I have not spent a lot of time, I have not spent any time recruiting lawyers to work at law firms. Having said that, I imagine a very, very well-written, unique LinkedIn profile, both for getting a job. So It, and it, it, it cuts both ways. One, it, it's for getting the job. But two, if you're going to go out on your own, even if you end up working for a, a firm, especially a consumer-facing firm, you're going to get vetted on LinkedIn more than anything else. And so that's really, really important. You know, and back to your ski trip, guess what? That's where your
1: initial core connections are going to happen, right? Professional connections. Because the people you went to law school with, the people that you might, you know, if you've done any kind of work, but friends and family also, like, it's where people are connected. I think that's a good one, Conrad. Good
0: good tip there. All right. Next from Tech Show, the number one marketing tip for lawyers. My
3: best legal marketing tip is... Be a human lawyer.
0: Be a human lawyer.
3: Be a human lawyer. Stop posing in front of law books and putting scales of justice on your website and talk about who you really are and what you really believe and stand for and why you do what you do. And let potential clients see that you're approachable and that you want to help them and you know how to help them. And that will bring many, many more people to your doorstep.
1: I
0: have nothing to add. I think that's the perfect answer. We've been preaching this forever. And yet we still see these kind of lawyers branding themselves as lawyers as opposed to people.
1: Well, I think the thing that happens is, because you know, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard that advice before, right? The challenge is, is how do you translate it inconsistent messaging. I think that's where the ball gets dropped. And, you know, look, indictment on the marketing people, like so many of them start guiding the lawyers down the wrong path, right? They start guiding them down, whether it's the law books or the, you know, branded videos or whatever it is, they lose sight of the human part of it, the why you do what you do, the who you help, the why you're uniquely qualified their help and and again the other thing too that comes through with it is is like it's the authenticity of being you lawyers are so afraid to just share like who they are whether it's sharing like personal stuff you know for years we had this debate about like should I have a personal Facebook profile or a professional Facebook profile and it's like you are who you are like yeah you, sure go ahead you can separate them all you want but the avatar you create for yourself on Facebook
0: that's not really you is totally valueless. Be you. I feel like we're, uh, we're trying to get like six-year-olds to feel good about themselves, right? There's a, there's a good you in you. You're good enough. I don't remember the rest of that. Just smart enough. Yeah, we've had this conversation over and over again. Be yourself, and don't be afraid to let that shine through. Okay. Be yourself. There you go. The follow-up question to this, I wasn't sure where this was going to go, but I asked it anyway. Why is the blindfolded Lady of Justice always so naked? Why is she always, you know, just about to fall out of that dress? (laughs)
3: Oh my goodness, do you know what? I used a a Lady Justice uh, image for Law Day 2021 last year, and I had someone on social media kind of like come at me with like, why are we still using this depiction of women that is, is honestly like sexually explicit and harassment and so antiquated? And honestly, I've never looked at it that way or seen it that way, but once it was pointed out to me, I had this new eye-opening experience, and I'll probably never use a lady justice image again because I see what that individual was pointing out. But prior to that, I really hadn't seen it. It's just this image in the way that so many things in law and legal are that is pervasive and out there in the tradition, and we follow along. And then when somebody gives us, hopefully, When someone gives us a different perspective, we can see it in a new light and uh, approach it differently in the future. And I definitely will.
0: I loved her answer on that, right? It's something that's kind of always stood out to me as being out of place. And I really liked her answer on that. One more reason not to use Lady Justice
1: in your marketing materials. And now it's time to pay some bills. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even
0: offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free.
1: Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. You know what time it is? That's right. It's time for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by Clio. What trait are clients looking for the most in a lawyer? Well, according to 86% of surveyed clients from the Legal Trends Report, it's being responsive to questions. Research shows that the quicker a lawyer is in providing information to clients, the more positive the client experience will be. It's no surprise. Firms with growing revenue are 41% more likely to use client portals to quickly communicate with clients. These secure portals ensure clients always know the status of their case, resulting in a more transparent and client-centered experience. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We spend a lot of time and money, you know, marketing how competent we are, how hard we fight, how much experience we have. And you know what clients really want? They just want an answer. They just want you to respond to them. Yeah. just want you to follow up, keep them informed. We see the same thing during the intake process, even before they become clients. You know, get your autoresponders
0: right. Stop their search. Acknowledge that they're there. Makes a world of difference. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. And you're right. It does have an impact on, on prospects, right? It has a huge impact. And they take your lack of responsiveness or your front desk's lack of responsiveness in those initial conversations as an indicator of how responsive or otherwise you'll be as their lawyer. Bingo. To learn more about what today's clients
1: expect from their lawyers and how firms can meet these expectations, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at Clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C. L-I-O dot forward slash
0: trends. All right, Guy, I want to talk to you about Ukraine. And oh boy. I don't think we're going to solve that. I don't want to get into the politics. Actually, the politics of this are actually easy. We can get into politics. Easy for you. <laughs> Bleeding heart, West Coast liberal. Okay. Um, but, you know, I've seen a bunch of people. I- I've seen a couple responses to re- Ukraine. One of those responses has been like, hey, I wish I could go do something and 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 do more for them. And frankly, that's, that's it's a bit of a cop-out. There's a lot that you can do for the people in Ukraine right now if you'd like to. The other has been what I will call this kind of trite blue and yellow flag or that indicator of support that is nothing more than an indicator of support. And I'm wondering... Guy, your perspective on whether or not you should fly that flag or not? Well, I have no idea. Everybody's got
1: their own, it's got to make their own personal decision. But here's the thing that gets into the cringiness aspect is when it's obvious that you're leveraging the suffering that's going on over there, To bring attention to your business, your brand, or whatever it is. And there are instances where it's just it's just frankly obvious. Like it's not an op it's not a marketing opportunity. It's not a PR opportunity for your firm or your business. But on the other hand, you know, you know, you're sympathetic. People do feel they want to do something to show support. And so it's like, do you wanna be coming down on people because they're like, you know, making some kind of effort? I mean, is some effort better than no effort? I don't know.
0: I have no idea. So I I mean and and I'm using Ukraine this is just an example of of kind of cause marketing or cause support, right? Is that appropriate is it inappropriate? I mean, frankly, the practice of law in the United States has very little 99.9% of the time with what's going on in Ukraine. Supporting a cause like that where the United States is fairly for once united mostly united around this, you know, it's not really a debatable one side or others like it's just support
1: right yeah i mean again i for me it's the i'm not not here to police how people show their support and we regularly talk i mean we just were talking about it earlier how you got to stand for something be who you are be your authentic self you know and so in one way it's like yeah it's like an it's a no-brainer that we should be rallying and uh, supporting and trying to uh, deploy resources and, and making whatever contributions we can make, if you know, if, whatever you can do, right? On the other hand, though, like I see some of these posts on social media, and you're just like, that's just coming across the wrong way. And so, like, what's I don't know what the right answer here is, but I think it's something you know, and you mentioned it's not just a Ukraine thing, we've talked about this in the past, and other. Uh, moments and other causes, and um, I'm certainly not. I hope I don't come across as saying, "Don't show your support. Don't stand up for what you believe in." I think that that's critically important to one, just you know, being able to sleep at night with yourself. But this is, a, and then we even talked about this. You know, this is a lunch hour legal marketing, marketing for lawyers. Is this the the place for us to even have this conversation? And so, in the context of, you know marketing. It's just like this cause marketing stuff. Like I think you got to be really, really mindful about how you're implementing. And you see businesses called out for it all the time. You're saying don't just be trite. Yeah, and again, what does that mean? I don't know. You know how? You know, do you do you have to like say I donated money? Do you have to say you know? Is it not trite if you're like we donated and you should donate too? Is it? Do you have to show actual pictures of your team members like crossing into Ukraine with guns because they're fighting Russians? I mean, you know, I don't. What's trite and not trite? I'm not here to judge that. You're very non-judgmental today. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just for me, this is a um. You know, as we talked about in preparation for the show, it's like I'm sympathetic to the. Uh, I think it's we should. I, I believe in the support. I mean, I stand for the support. But then I see some of these posts, and I'm just like, "You're like literally trying to leverage this crisis yeah. to gain eyeballs and clicks and shares." And it's like, "How? What's the right answer there? I don't know." But yeah. some of these. If you you can just go look, and you can even just search for things like Ukraine and PR and stuff like that, and you'll see that. And again, as you mentioned, this isn't just a Ukraine specific instance, but
0: this cause marketing stuff like it can cut both ways. Okay, I will tell you this: I have not taken the step of putting the flag on my socials. Why do you hate Ukrainians? <laughs> wow. Case in point tread carefully because people like Guy will ask you why you hate Ukrainians. No, the reason I haven't is because it felt trite. It felt too. It felt like yes, I care, but like, it doesn't seem like I'm doing much, right? And, right. and I have no connection to Ukraine. I, I just, I don't know. Well, you have connection to your fellow human beings. Connection to fellow human beings, yeah. Alright, well with that musing on Guy and Connor deciding not to get political and not to get too cause-related, or at least the Request to do so very carefully and with deliberate action. So you're not glory le- to Ukraine. Don't leverage the suffering of people for your marketing, I think is the key point, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's part of it. I mean, again, I, I'm part of this is like trying to give some kind of you know, it's a marketing podcast. What kind of tactical advice can you give folks? I mean, yeah, I think it's tread carefully, it, you select your causes and. Whatever you're going to do from a social media, branding, messaging position, you know, just make sure it's done intentionally and that you're not just like flippant about some of this stuff because it can come back to bite you. But at the same time, I mean, again, I, you know, I'm going to contradict myself. Like, I think the, it's even worse just to be vanilla, right? If you just don't stand for anything, nobody knows what you stand for. Guess what? That's a great way not to attract anybody to your firm.
0: Yeah. that That's, that's kind probably of a bigger I problem. I yeah. Yeah. If you are too afraid to stand for anything, no one will notice you at all.
1: Right. And even forget causes, right? Like some lawyers I know and other business owners, like they don't even want to put like images of lawyers on the website. Like you're, it's a service. People hire yeah. lawyers, it's an emotional decision. You're like, oh, you think you're just going to hire because of your scales of justice
0: background on your website? Scales of justice. She comes up again. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a break. And when we return, Guy and I are going to talk about whether or not you should hire an agency that focuses exclusively. On SEO. But first, some advertising and then a review delivered via Apple Podcasts. And we are back. And now the quick
1: moment of gratitude for a listener who left us a very nice review. Incredible resource. As a solo navigating the post-COVID legal world, this podcast has helped my small firm punch above its weight class with the technology discussions had here. Thankful for this podcast and highly recommend from Apple Podcasts. And thank you, Govals, for listening and for the review. As always, if you've enjoyed or hated what you've heard here, please do head over to your favorite podcasting platform and leave a review. And by the way, new breaking news, Spotify. Now allows you to rate podcast episodes with stars. And so if you've been a Spotify listener to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, you've been so frust- you've been so pent up, you've just wanted to leave a review, but you just refuse to go to Apple Podcasts to leave that review. Now you can do it on Spotify. All right. Is SEO dead? Conrad, we're gonna debate. The question is. Should you hire an SEO agency? Gee, that's me. Is going to be take the pro SEO argument. Conrad anti SEO argument. Ready, set, go. You want to go first? I'll go
0: first. All right. And and, and I don't for know what me, the rules of
1: debate are. I never debated. So you never debated. Well, I just you know not formally. That's like I'm not all right. Not all right. like uh, competitively. That surprises me. I know. I gotta. I got to call up uh,
0: my friend Joe Patrice for some tips. All right. So here's why I'm very... So this, by the way, this is very antithetical to who I am. I am an SEO guy. I started doing SEO back in 2006. Like, this is my thing. I wish that my answer was hire an SEO agency. But the reality is the SERPs have changed so much. And before we go any further, when I say SERP, that is an acronym for Search Engine Results Page, which is what you get after you type in and click enter. They have changed so much that if you are eager in growing your practice, and by SEO, I mean organic search. I'm not talking about local. I'm not talking about anything paid. paid. is organic search. They have been so deprecated down to the bottom of the page that you are dealing with, at best, you know, Thirty or 40 percent of the market at the most optimistic and best in the legal world. And so I really feel like if you are thinking about the market and cutting it at the best case scenario in half, you're missing a huge potential, right? It's just, it's just It's just not there. There's just too much else on those pages to ignore. Wrong, 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 wrong.
1: Wow. Everybody that's listening, go open your Google Analytics. Right now, Conrad, you do the same, and you yep. open up all your client accounts. Yep. Yep. and guess where the overwhelming majority of traffic is coming from? Uh huh. Organic search. Now you segment. You you pulled local out of there, which was I pulled a, local uh, out. Yep, that's organic, bro. Hate it's to tell local. you, different tactics. Well, it's organic, different tactics. But it's not, the question is: Should you hire an SEO agency? Well, SEO how many? Ag- S- a good oh, SEO a good agency. Question. Does how many local?
0: SEO agencies are really good at local? Actually, how many SEO agencies are really good at SEO? <laughs> how many SEO agencies even know about the distinction
1: between local and traditional? Yeah, yeah, I mean, all right. Here's why you should hire an SEO agency. First of all, I have no idea if you should hire an SEO agency, but if I have to argue that you here's here's what you should be asking yourself. Number one, are your clients using search engines to research answers to their questions? That relate to a problem that you help them solve. If so, you should care about SEO. There are still a ton of queries that are entered into Google every single day that don't have any ads being run at all. They're either, at worst, they have uh, you know featured snippets, and so we can talk about zero click and yada yada yada. But that's still visibility, it's still eyeballs. Fifteen percent of the searches every single day are brand new that is blue sky blue ocean whatever uncharted territory blue Blue water whatever a lot of blue and um and guess what you are a lawyer you are not an seo expert now if you want your role to be seo expert then go out there and become an SEO expert and do that for your firm. I think that's great. You don't need to hire an agency, you don't have to need to hire a consultant. But anyway, you know, I think the other thing that comes out with, you know, the SEO agency pro argument is yeah, they're singularly focused on that one specific channel. They're experts in the channel. Hopefully, they've been doing it a long time. They can demonstrate results. They, they've seen data across multiple clients to know what's working
0: consistently. Um, anyway, that's the, the But this SEO is one. where I take exception to this, and this okay. is the problem. I think when you are talking about someone who is a very specialized SEO person, they see the world. They are a hammer, and they see the world of nails, right? And there are many law firms for whom SEO is not the right answer, or it's, it's part of the answer. Right. And so, and this can be true for pay-per-click people or SEO people or advertising or lawyers. people or lawyers, right? You know, I've had five knee surgeries because every time I've had a major knee accident, I've gone to see an orthopedist, and every time they've decided that what you need is surgery, right? Possible I've been over-surgeried because of that, right? And, I think one of the biggest failings of any specialist is that they tend to not see the bigger picture. They tend to not understand the appropriate... I talk about the marketing channel mix. What is the appropriate marketing channel mix for an individual firm? It's rarely one marketing channel. And if it is one marketing channel, it's few and far between where that one marketing channel is search. right? And so I really think that you're you end up talking to people who already know the answer when you step into that conversation. And then finally, like we talked about this the other day, a lot of this is synergistic. These things work together. It is an overriding system of effectiveness where you get one plus one plus one equals five, right? And if you are just thinking about one of those channels, you're missing the opportunity to drive synergy between the channels, which is going to make things more effective. And so... You know, I'm an SEO person. I wish, I wish I was still doing SEO work on the daily, but it's just, it's just one piece of a puzzle that we need to be thinking about as law firms in growing our practice.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, you're certainly not going to get any argument from me about
0: the cross-channel. I mean, there's so much
1: value in, you know, whether it's through retargeting or whether it's through, you know, getting email subscribers, you know, video. These things all work together. To right. drive an outcome, and so can't argue that one. I, I think the other one that comes up in this context, in, in the question about hiring an agency, whether it's an SEO agency, a marketing agency, we hear this all the time. Is I'm just going to build my team in house, right?
0: And the thing, and there's uh, lots of stuff. Th- I know I mean, you laugh at no, that. No, there's no, no. It's great stuff- because I just we we monitor our prospects, and we we talked to this really hot prospect that went dark on us about six weeks ago, and they've just put up a. Uh, a job posting for an SEO, PPC, Google Analytics website manager. Unicorn.
1: Good Unicorn. luck,
0: right? And that's so That's my point is, is
1: that most, of, if, you, if you go search for like, should I build it in a team in-house? Should I hire an agency? A lot of good stuff's been written on this. And the too-long-didn't-read answer is, is make sure you're comparing apples to apples, right? So if you're going to build a team of experts that are going to do cross-channel Digital marketing—you're going to get a CRM person, a paid social person, a content person, a technical SEO person, all the other things that you need in order to actually pull this stuff off. Just you know, don't think that's going to be one person. And when you make the cost compare, because that's the big thing. Oh, it's cheaper for me to build the team in house, is it? Because it's not. It's not. But
0: that you know, we're biased. We run SEO agencies, so what do we know? Let me ask you this, Guy. Yeah. If you were hiring a skill set if you're going to make an in-house hire what skill set are you looking for i've got a really strong bias on this Uh, probably a public
1: relations person Ooh, i like that i mean i'm also again i'm i'm the basic blocking and tackling of like the table stakes seo stuff you know making sure you got your meta information you know you got rank math installed on your wordpress install if your site's like you know if you're on Flash or something, you might need the technical person to migrate, but I think that can be outsourced. The in-person thing, from a marketing standpoint, for me, is somebody who can get people talking about your practice because, you know, it's it's back to this the the stuff we talked about the at the beginning. It's someone that can help you really stand out. It's competitive out there, yeah. And so I guess you know I clumped that all into PR. So. If I'm going to hire somebody, it's going to be somebody who can help, you know, like I always say, marshal the evidence of your great reputation. Show the world all the remarkable stuff you're doing for clients, all the remarkable stuff you're doing in your community. That's the person that is so key. And and I think that's very hard to outsource because Mm -hmm. you got to, you know, it's the week in, week out. Like, hey, what are you doing this week? What are you working on? They got to be able to prompt you on like... You know, what's something interesting that came out of your, your casework, or what's a remarkable thing you did on behalf of a client? Like, to me, I th- I, I clumped that in the PR stuff.
0: I love it. So, That like community outreach, you said community outreach, like that's very hard to outsource, but it's also a massive competitive advantage if you can be really, really present in the community. My answer to your your question, to my question was I would hire someone analytical, really who can get solid, accurate data and focus on the business. This is why my, my early answer was CRM, right? But like understand how, what the flow is, what the data is, how things are working from a business perspective, and use that to just beat up on your agencies who aren't delivering where they need to be delivering, right? I think um, that's super important. I wonder if you can outsource it though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. my answer to it, a you can outsource it b, you can also in source that. That can be that one employee. Um, you need I, that you, I, I do think you need that, and I do you need think- a business intelligence person. Business intelligence. And I don't think that has to be the principal of the firm. I don't think that has to be the firm leader.
1: No, it doesn't. It can be, you know, it can be a fractional CFO. It can be some of the accounting firms are, you know, a more sophisticated accounting firm, but definitely someone that can, you know, create a dashboard for your gauges for whatever those metrics are that you need to
0: be tracking week in, week out, like critically important. All right. With that, you spent another. 40 Minutes with Guy and Conrad at Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Please, I hope you enjoyed your cheeseburgers. Fly that Ukrainian flag if you feel like it. And we will be back in two weeks with more from Lunch Hour Legal Marketing.
2: Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. It's officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
0: Honestly, her aunt, that was a really good one. It was
1: a great answer. Without her answer, I was going to be like, hey, Conrad, why are two white middle-aged digital marketing bros opining about Lady Justice's physical appearance? Um, (laughs) Why'd you ask that question, you offensive troll?
0: (laughs) If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.